This is another episode of the Quincy Jones Show. I am your host, Quincy Jones Go, and lots of wrestling and wrestling rumors, news, in the window, what have you, what say you, all that, uh, and and everything above uh, to cover this weekend, man. This is uh, episode 67, Fallout, uh, aptly named as I uh, coined the phrase <laughs> from last uh, episode when I was in, uh, in Chicago. But uh, yeah, man, lots of wrestling to talk about. Uh, like I said, news and scoops and all that stuff. Um, obviously, want to uh, start off by getting into my time um, being in Chicago, being there for uh, the quote unquote big show for all elite wrestling. This was, uh, you know, obviously a year in the making. I went to uh, the original All In uh, before AEW was even a thing. Uh, fast forward to a whole year from uh, from then, and now you know, find myself back in Chicago again, making the same trip. Uh, for all out and uh to be honest man uh i remember the energy when i was in chicago last year and just the overall feeling of being you know with, with your uh with your kind of people you know I, I you know there's there's all kinds of different conventions science uh you know science fiction conventions and you know, everything under the sun right there's a comic con and all this other stuff right but i haven't never really went to like WrestleCon or any of these places because i've never really I uh, had a chance to go out uh, to be in the area that, uh, or the city that would be hosting these events because I've never been to a WrestleMania myself. Doc, he's actually been to a WrestleMania, uh, but I say that to say I've never been in a uh, environment or an atmosphere where I'm just surrounded by you know like-minded individuals. It's just a whole convention for wrestling fans. So you know, I, I always remember that feeling, just that that kind of overall feeling of unity. Um, you know, you're talking to people from flying in from everywhere, even flying from not even just different cities and different states uh, or driving from different cities and different states. So I met a couple people that drove up uh, and made the drive, um, but also people that are from a whole different country. You know what I mean? That flew in to come see this. And it's crazy to see how much of a spectacle it's continuously been. Uh, again, it's been a year removed from All In and to see the excitement coming from All In to Double or Nothing to everyone being able to watch, you know, Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen. And uh, some would say this is their, their second big show under the AEW banner, uh, the official company name and logo that's going to be putting on and representing this company as far as this event going forward. So, yeah, let me get into it, man. Again, the, the energy was off the charts. Uh, StarCast was fun again. Again, I had a different approach this time last year. I went a whole bunch of meet and greet tickets because I didn't know if this thing was going to, you know, once in a lifetime. I didn't know if we were going to see this, you know, this kind of uh, uh, show of this proportion ever again without a WWE or a major back in it and stuff like that. And again, this is before we even knew there was rumors of all elite wrestling, the trademarks, uh, uh, the rumors, of the trademarks had already been out. But again, there was no. Uh, certainty of where it was going to go or if anybody that we thought was involved was even involved until obviously New Year's earlier this year when they made the announcement. But um, yeah, man, uh, StarCast was cool. 
Uh, got if you guys didn't see, got the uh, kicking it with uh, Chris Van Vliet. Uh, Chris Van Vliet, man. Uh, first of all, thank you for your time and uh, talking to me for a little bit, and um, you know, all around for taking the picture, man. Um, you know, you guys could uh, believe what you want, but he did tell me it was a little bit, a little bit more hospitable than MJF. So I'm gonna take that with a grain of salt, cause I am the salt of the earth. See how that's that's called a segue. That's, that's what we do here. Uh, when you're hosting a podcast, you got to make it entertaining for the listeners, and that's what I just did. Boom. Chris Van Vliet, <laughs> shout out. Uh, thanks again for taking uh, that that picture with me and talking to me for a little bit. Um, got to see quite a few other uh, cats. Uh, I think one of the funnest parts was going to StarCast and seeing uh, quite a few uh, wrestlers that we've actually booked for Rival Pro Wrestling and being able to see them and say, hey, what's going on? You know, shout out to Jake Atlas. Uh, you know, he chopped it up with me a little bit. He was super duper rep- uh, representing Santino Brothers with the uh, Santino's jacket. So, you know, I got to give mad props to Jake Atlas, man. Uh, hopefully, my, my, we may be able to get him on a show soon. We'll see, man. But, um, yeah, it was cool to see a lot of uh, familiar faces from home uh, in Chicago make the trip as well. Uh, but, man, let's get on to the show, man. I mean, if you guys saw my little recap video uh on instagram or on facebook a little eight minute video man uh just all the footage i got while being live there i mean the line was insane uh the i mean i took mad pictures of the people that were that were in line but that was the thing again man it wasn't like a madhouse you know you have to remember dude i i, I used to work for a honda center in anaheim pretty much that seventeen thousand of uh, uh venue that uh, WWE used to go to way more, you know, back when it was the uh, Airhead Pond. But, you know, they, they kind of use it for more for, uh, you know, Monday Night Raws and, like, live events now. They don't do a whole lot of uh, of uh, pay-per-views there. They don't really host too much because, it's you know, it's 17,000 used to be a, a, a big deal back in the day. But now that they're trying to fill out, like, 35,000, 40,000, 80,000, they're always trying to set records, right? So they don't do so much uh, pay-per-views uh, here. But I said that to say, I've been there with the craziest of lines uh, whether it's Ariana Grande, uh, Billie Eilish, like uh, I've seen uh, freaking Imagine Dragons. You wouldn't even believe the amount of lines I've seen and just the crazy amount of people, attitudes, nastiness, everyone entitled thinking that, oh, they're in line before me. And it's just like you guys have seats that are designated to you. So it doesn't matter, you know, how long it takes you to get into the building. Your seat's not going to be taken. You know what I mean? So, uh, again, I say that to say it was not like that. Um, it was again a huge amount of people. Granted, but uh, and they, you know they were moving us, uh, moving us around like cattle in the queue line for a little bit. But nothing but respect. Everybody was sitting up there just talking, gossiping about any last minute predictions, anything someone may have heard earlier that day. Uh, you know what our personal predictions are. And you know, speaking of that, man, I got to give myself, uh, or give myself rather, uh, two uh, Tommaso breaks because. You know, and I'm going to do this off mic because you guys don't deserve it. You guys don't deserve it, man. Arn Anderson and LAX called that shit. That's all I got to say. Arn Anderson and LAX called that shit. Moving on. The show was incredible. The seats, ridiculous. Uh, shout out to uh, Justin Lopez, man. Uh, Stellar, JL. Uh, he, we follow each other on Instagram, man. We actually ran into each other uh, during Double or Nothing, man. It was one of our first times meeting uh, in person. Um, some, uh, behind the scenes business happened where Doc wasn't able to make the trip, but we were able to find a suitable, uh, buyer for the ticket. And, uh, man, he was totally game. And we, you know, we spent a little bit of time together, a little bit at, uh, Starcast, uh, got to, uh, pretty much sit in on the CM Punk segment since they weren't really doing too good in security over there. But also, you know, we were able to meet up, do the, uh, the all out thing and man, seats were incredible. Uh, we were both able to get awesome shots. If, if you couldn't tell with the, uh, the footage that we were, you know, I was able to put up. Uh, but, man, we had fun, man. We had uh, mad fun. 
Uh, interesting enough, there was like maybe one, possibly a second uh, CM Punk chat that tried to get started, but it sputtered out. And I mean, I don't know how it looked or sounded on, uh, you know, watching the broadcast. Obviously, I, I was there live. I've been trying to watch a little bit back to see if there's any little things that I, I wasn't able to notice being there and, you know, with the, the cameras picking it up and all that. But um, yeah, I mean, watching it back, there wasn't a whole lot of CM Punk like support people, you know, obviously same as last year they were they were expecting to see him it's in chicago and then even more so it was his uh you know he actually ended up doing a lot of the the star cast panels and stuff like that and you know had the the meet and greet and all that so a lot of people you know and it didn't it didn't help that he was trolling everybody over at the pro wrestling tees uh, uh wrestling ring and you know she making it seem like he didn't know what he was doing anymore but uh yeah i mean with that said there wasn't a whole lot of cm punk chance there was uh i think one of the worst chants ever that night was just uh, I can't remember exactly what the words were, but it was not in support of the Dark Order. Which I mean, they've already been getting kind of some flack since they they showed up on the scene with the you know who are you chance and we don't know you and I mean it, it's always the same. They get a little bit of lackluster response until they hit that uh, that gory uh, buster uh, blockbuster or uh, I should say diving. Um, I guess it's a throwback. It's like a front flip cutter uh, move that they do. And you know, then they get that, you know, the proverbial, oh, and then they get the one, two, three, which is what happened here. Uh, but, you know, I'm not going to get into all the results and all that stuff. But, again, my time there was insane. Uh, dude, it honestly felt like I was in a slam dunk uh, championship <laughs> or at least, you know, watching it as a spectator because so many spots, so many times I just jumped up and walked away. And, you know, like, again, security was watching us, but they weren't really tripping off, uh, you know, uh, me and Justin's uh, uh, reactions to what was going on, man. Watching that. Escalera de Muerte uh, ladder match live was insane. Uh, Cody Rhodes is literally right in front of us when he uh, made the dive out, uh, you know, during his entrance uh, onto Sean Spears and started fighting with him outside. That was insane. Um, I mean, just I, I, to be honest, I, I'd have to say, like, the, the loudest uh, pop of the night, believe it or not, was probably from Orange Cassidy. Um, the only one I could say that rivaled that pop would be possibly LAX. Um, but even more so during the, uh, the buy-in, uh, which was the, uh, 21 woman, uh, casino battle Royale, Mercedes Martinez got one hell of a reception, man. And it was honestly, it, it felt really good to see her get that, uh, to get that spot. I don't know what that means in terms of, uh, contracts going down the line. I think, I mean, she's a vet, you know, we've seen her, obviously she's done a few uh, matches on NXT, but we've known her obviously from the May Young Classic Tournament in NXT as well. Um, She's a vet. I mean, she, she's been in AWS out here in uh, California for so long and running at, you know what I mean? And, and just, I mean, she had, uh, I think she competed in the longest match ever, uh, longest women's match ever. I can't, I mean, forgive me, I can't remember her opponent, but she she has the accolades, you know what I mean? She's definitely top-notch, and as can tell by the support that she got when she came out for the Battle Royale, I mean, it, I honestly think it's a, good, it's a good fit for her. I really do. Um I'd have to say match of the night would go to the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers um, in terms of consistent uh, crowd reaction. I mean, obviously, man, we know with both these teams involved, they're both real spot oriented. But, you know, the Bucks has also shown that they've been able to pull off some psychology in some of their matches as well. But this is a ladder match, damn it. So none of that shit, <laughs> you know what I mean? All the psychology and stuff like that went out the window because there's only one intention that's to climb up that ladder of death. 
and grab those tag, uh, the AAA Tag Team Championships. And that's what the Lucha Bros did, man. I mean, there were some spots where I was just sitting up here, and, and I'm looking at Justin, like, exhausted, like, dude, but why? Like, like Matt Jackson must have sat in the in that back of that locker room and said, okay, guys, I want to take all the spots. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Destroyer off the ladder through a table was insane. On top of all the other spots, uh, obviously Hart goes out to Nick Jackson. He's already confirmed he's better, but took another nasty fall via the ladder through. Uh, it was supposed to be two tables, but one. I don't know if his legs got clipped again. We've seen this spot before, and again, it's it looks just as dangerous as I'm pretty sure it felt for him. You know what I mean? This is a guy that's a badass, though. Slick Nick, he was out there doing so many things, and he, he, he talked about Zero Mierdo, like, that that's Nick Jackson for sure, man. That, that guy, he like literally at, like just ponders the question, goes to find out the answer, and then that's his answer. <laughs> can I flip off of this? Let's go figure it out. Let's, let's see what we can do. Let's just figure out figure out the results later, and we'll we'll, we'll see where we're at. You know, but uh, I'd probably say strong second as far as match of the night would have to be. Let me think here. I'd have to say that triple threat uh, that triple threat match between. Joey Janela, Darby Allen, and Jimmy Havoc. My God, that was another one where I was just looking at Justin like, yo, WTF, like, why? Darby, why? <laughs> and the thing is, I, I believe I, uh, I uh, voted for Darby to win this one, but he unfortunately did not uh, go out with the win, and it was Jimmy Havoc that won this one, but man... Uh, ridiculous spots. The the both crate spots with the superplex through the crate, uh, into the acid rainmaker through the crate from uh, uh havoc to Janela, uh, the obvious coffin drop spot with the barrel, uh, with you know Darby Allen trying to uh you know squash Jimmy Havoc on top of the steel steps. Um, I mean one of the things I even enjoyed and, and uh, you know watching it back, I was able to get a little bit of the commentary feel for it. And Jim Ross got a kick out of the we want barrels uh chant, which was hilarious to me. Uh, I mean, again, last year, dude, there was a uh, Cracker Barrel chant, so you never know. These fans are crazy, they're kooky, and they're excited, and they're passionate, um, especially in Chicago, man. So it, it was it was a fun time, man. It was definitely a fun time. One thing I will say that we did not get to see the full gist of, uh, because we you know we didn't see the monitors and we weren't able to watch it, uh, you know, and just the production, you know, how they do the, the camera cuts and all that stuff to get the zoom in effect on it. We did see the spot where Darby Allen did the ollie with the the, the skateboard on top of uh, Joey Janela's back, but it wasn't until I watched it back I realized this guy had the entire deck of that, like the under part of the deck of that skateboard, just covered in thumbtacks, and I was that was ridiculous. So when I figured out, I was like wondering, you know, because there was a shot where I did see Joey Janela with tacks sticking out of his back, and I'm like, when the hell did that happen? You know, I remember the tax spot where they put. You know, they taped a bunch of thumbtacks inside Jimmy Havoc's mouth and all that. Uh, so I, I was, like, really confused until I had to watch it back. But I think another uh, one of the spots, one of my favorite spots in that match is when Jimmy Havoc tried to do the uh, monkey flip on Janela while Janela was still in the chair. The chair flips with Janela in it, and he lands front flip just perfect. Janela with his usual charisma, man, puts his leg over his, his other leg, and is, is he's feeling real pretty, you know what I mean, sitting real pretty right there, so, uh, again, man, honestly, top to bottom, this this uh, event was just thoroughly entertaining, another one of my favorite matches and uh, was uh, Sheeta versus uh, uh, Ryu, uh, Rio, I'm sorry, 
that match was not like for a women's match. A lot of people were trying to use this match as well as the Dark Order versus the Best Friends match as like their 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 bathroom break match. But man, that match never relented in pace. Like they were always going, going, going. Um, I honestly thought Sheeta was gonna win. Uh, I just got into a lot of her stuff and was, you know, thinking, damn, she's a badass. But, you know, not to take anything away from Rio because I, I've been a fan of her since, I, you know, we've been introduced to a lot of these uh, Joshi uh, 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 stars and, and, and wrestlers on the um, uh, AEW roster. Also, just, you know, being a part of the AEW women's roster and, and women's division overall, you know. So, um, but yeah, man, it looks like we're going to have Rio taking on Nyla Rose one-on-one October 2nd in D.C. to uh, crown the inaugural AEW Women's Champion, man. Um, but, yeah, man, all in all, this this show was great. The show, a lot of people were, were uh, thinking that it wasn't going to, um, you know, compete or uh, step up. But, I mean, I felt the same as I felt last time, man. It was, uh, and the only difference is there was a company backing it. You know what I mean? There was, uh, the set was different. But even when they first had, you know, it was just a little bit of help from a, ROH and Sinclair and stuff like that with the uh, being able to get the production stuff like it was still awesome so to be able to come back to the same building a year later same energy everybody was super excited uh it was awesome man it, it, again I, I you know shouts go out to uh Justin for for making a trip and stuff like that definitely enjoyed my time uh not just with you but just overall man with uh in Chicago treated me well um, but <laughs> Dallas is a whole nother story, but we won't even get into that. That was last week now, but let's, let's move on, man. Because, uh, like I said, we got some news and some scoops and some rumors. And obviously I'd be remiss if I did not bring up some AEW news. I think the biggest piece of news going into, uh, this week, uh, falling out of last weekend, uh, would be the fact that Chris Jericho has lost the AEW world championship. Now, there's a lot of people thinking this is a work. There's a lot of people thinking that this is there's no truth to this. This is just a working story. But uh, as of you know, since they they made the announcement that the championship was missing or stolen, um, they have since found uh, the 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 championship, and Jericho has since made a video with the championship in his possession. So I would have to say case closed because there was a lot of speculation first, and for those that may have been living under a rock or have been kicking it with Dwayne Johnson. Let me just break it down. First of all, uh, Jericho flew back home. To, he lives in Florida, had the championship with him, got picked up by a limo, wanted to stop at uh, Longhorn Steakhouse, uh, a little bit of a steak for the champion, uh, maybe a little bit of the bubbly, who knows. Uh, but he left the belt, which was in his luggage, in the limousine. So it wasn't with him at the time that he was at the steakhouse. Guess, you know, there's this... There's a lot of gifts and memes being put out there, even a few that are being perpetuated by Jericho himself, which, you know, the Internet always wins when they have a chance and opportunity and time at their hands, which is usually a thousand percent of the time. But I guess in the midst of having the steak and having a little bit of the bubbly, the limo driver, for whatever reason, returned back to the airport to return the luggage that was inside the limo, which that, that part I don't get. If you pick this guy up and you're his driver and you're just taking him to this uh, the steakhouse, waiting for him to finish and then taking him back home, I don't know why you would even go back to the airport. Seems fishy to me. Seems like he's in on it. You know what I mean? But apparently he took the uh, he drove uh, the the luggage back to the airport at which nobody claimed it, which was it was you know what they usually do when no one claims the bags, they put it in lost and found. But then when you know, Jericho realizes what's up and talks to the limo driver, and there's a obviously discrepancy in what's going on. He goes back, races to the airport, grab to grab his bags, and it is not in his bag. Someone had taken it 
from the luggage that was returned and eventually, you know, uh, filed under lost and found, what have you. Again, I don't know why a limo driver would feel obligated or responsible to bring back bags that are obviously uh, belonging to the client that you're working for presently that's in the steakhouse. <laughs> I, I don't get it. But the reason why I said it, you know, they found it, but they didn't, and the case is closed, but it's not, is because uh, Tallahassee Police uh, Police Department did post uh, a picture of, uh, I'm guessing, one of their officers holding the title, uh, you know, looking proud because, you know, I'm pretty sure these guys don't get a whole lot of action all the time. So when they see something like this, uh, you know, a big-ass championship belt, they want to pose with it, you know. It, I, I get it. I, I mean, I used to walk around with uh, one of my ECW TV title replicas all the time, and everybody wants to freaking get a picture with it, and it, it gets really annoying. Uh, it really does. Uh, but uh, going forward now, so again, I don't understand that, but uh, Tally, Tally PD, as they call them, they actually uh, made a statement and posted a picture that they found it, but then the post was deleted. I even was looking for the post because I saw it was originally posted by the AEW on TNT Instagram account. They then, they, they then scrubbed it, didn't know what the deal was, and then we get a video uh, late last night uh, from Jericho in his palatial home, as he likes to call, drinking a little bit of the bubbly with the AEW championship, sitting pretty on his shoulders with an awesome promo. So I doubt this was part of any story. Um, if it was, I think they would have uh, kept it going all the way until October 2nd because there was a lot of things. There's people saying that uh, – there was, you know, BTE. It showed that the Bucks were talking to Paige and said, oh, yeah, we'll see you at the steakhouse as always. And then Paige said, oh, yeah, I'll be there in a bit. So people were thinking, oh, this is seeds being planted that Hangman sold the title. I don't know, man. Who knows? But, I, I mean, it seems, you know, the, the police report seemed pretty legit. And, again, it was weird. They posted, the, you know, they made this post and then took it down. And then now Jericho is making the official statement. And, you know, I, I, who knows? You know, we are talking about the con, so they could have – very well made a, a brand new belt if it wasn't actually found. But uh, it seems all uh, that was lost is now found. And the AEW Championship, uh, the coveted AEW Championship, uh, is now uh, back in the, the you know the right hand. So, um, But moving forward now with some other AEW news coming out of this weekend. Ah, man, this is, this is actually pretty crazy. Um, there was apparently a backstage fight following the 21-woman casino battle royale. Um, and the individuals involved are Sadie Gibbs and B. Priestley. Um, I had to read up on this and actually watch the footage live because I, you know, or you know, watch it back uh, with the actual the actual uh, show back to, to try to see if I could substantiate any of this stuff. But um, it's being reported that there was a little bit of a back and forth between the two in the battle royale, uh, a little bit of some stiff exchanges. And also uh, quite a few no-sells. There's one in particular that I saw where Sadie Gibbs goes to press slam um, B. But she immediately, who, who does a flat back, but immediately gets up and throws her over the rope for for, uh, for uh, el elimination attempt. So, you know, one could speculate that there is a little bit of corroboration to that story. Um, again, who knows? But from what I've been told and what's been reported is that apparently backstage Sadie Gibbs swung on B and they had to be separated. Even Matt Jackson had to be part of that separation to try to calm everybody down. I uh, don't know what that means going forward for uh, each woman. I mean, uh, I don't know if Sadie Gibbs is officially part of the AEW women's division at all or part of the roster. Uh, seems like another one of the names they brought in uh, to fill up some of the space in this battle royale. 
Uh, though I do hope some of these women do go on to get some contracts. I don't know how this is going to affect anyone else uh, going forward, especially uh, someone like B. Priestley, obviously going out with uh, Will Ospreay. Um, sorry, that was a shitty accent. I don't even know why I did it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, in case the name seems or seems or sounds familiar, that, that's, that's why. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, it seems like there was a, a few things that happened, uh, uh, you know, post-match or post-show at All Out as well. Um, that uh, TK, Mr. Tony Khan, wasn't too happy about. Another one was the fact that uh, you know they were bringing Pharaoh out to figure out who was going to be in Cody's corner during the Sean Spears match between uh, Pharaoh, uh, Brandy Rhodes, MJF, and DDP. Um, but, of course, there was ridiculous pyro that spooked the hell out of Pharaoh. So a lot of people were, I don't know, man, a lot of people are getting up in arms over this right now. Um, I mean, quite a few people were saying that they should be getting dragged for this. And I mean... Look, I, I'm not going to tell someone what they should or should not do. I'm not one of those guys that should should and should not do with their uh, their dog, their pet, their loved one. Um, you know, at, there are certain times where you're like, yo, why are you dragging your dog or why do you, you know what I mean? Of course, you have to speak up. But, I mean, no one is planning on, on setting off fireworks and scaring their dog deliberately, right? I mean, and not to mention the dog is up there with, you know, quite a few people that he's familiar with and trusts and loves. So... I can imagine why they would still want to try to, you know, at least get him down to the ring to make the angle work because they're he's essentially with the people that, you know, he trusts the most. Um, but it was very evident that he was very spooked and wanted to get, uh, you know, go back, uh, go back down the steps and go backstage. So uh, poor Pharaoh. But other than that, man, the only other piece of AEW news that I can give you guys, uh, and again, this is uh, another one regarding uh, the women's division. Um, and I, I got two two different leads on this one. Uh, Smiley Kylie Ray, um, who actually was in the um, uh, the Fatal Four Way. Yeah, she was in the Fatal Four Way of All In, I believe, or was it Double or Nothing? Excuse me, I'm trying to remember, man. It's it's ah, man. I want to say that it, it was Double or Nothing because yeah, that's that's when the uh, the uh, Debut of Awesome Kong. That's what it was. Because it was, it was originally a three-way, and then Brandy came out and said she wanted to be an awesome match. So uh, that's when it was Awesome Kong, Nyla Rose, uh, Dr. Britt Baker, and Smiley Kylie Ray. There we go. But uh, Smiley Kylie Ray is actually no longer a part of the AEW roster. Um, again, I've heard two different stories pertaining to this. The first being that it could possibly, possibly be something... The first being that it could possibly be something personal... That is uh, outside the ring, but is also keeping her or affecting her abilities inside the ring. Um, I've heard that for a little bit. And then uh, the other story that I've heard, which makes no mention of anything uh, outside the ring or personal or anything like that. But, of course, uh, I would think, uh, you know, these are quotes coming directly from uh, Tony Khan, where he pretty much um, corroborates a story that he did indeed let, uh, you know, uh, Kyler Ray out of her uh, contract. She, the way he tells it is she called, said that, she, you know, hey, um, you know, this just isn't for me. Is there any way I could be released, I don't, you know, from the company? Um, and, you know, TK made it happen. But, again, I'm thinking because of the privilege of the fact that it's, you know, boss and uh, an independent contractor and uh, are, uh, you know, just in the business of, of, of contract releases and all that stuff. There's, you know, obviously privileged information that we're not going to be able to know. And, you know, at the same time, it's not our business to know. If it is something personal... Obviously, wish nothing but the best for Kylie Ray. Uh, 
you know, if it's something else different, you know, I, I still wish the best, uh, you know, either way. Maybe, you know, it's coming at a weird time because, you know, it's funny. A lot of people in WWE are trying to ask for the release to come to AW. So, you know, that could be another factor, too. Maybe she's thinking, you know, she's not not like everyone else thinking maybe the, the grass is greener on the other side. You know, a lot of people were thinking vice versa uh, as early as, uh, you know, this year with, uh, you know, Luke Harper and the Usos trying to make their way over here, but or over the AEW rather. But yeah, maybe this is just a, a factor of maybe she wants to venture out into, you know, NXT or, or WWE, who knows, but um, hopefully it's the latter and it's not anything that's like troubling or, you know, issues. If, if there are some issues there, again, wish her the best. Um, but yeah, Kylie Ray, no longer part of AEW roster, that has been confirmed. Moving on to other news, let's keep it in the same vein. Uh, another uh, women's wrestler that has called it quits, this is now in uh, NXT. Unfortunate uh, circumstances, though. Uh, Casey Catizzaro, uh obviously, you know, former gymnast, uh, the first woman finalist for the American Ninja Warrior show. And obviously people, you know, that they've seen her, uh, If you know, they haven't seen her around. She's been going out with Ricochet, but she made an appearance in the Women's Royal Rumble. Um, you know, it looked like she was pegged to do some good things. She had a, little, a few good spots and, you know, a, a few uh, a few uh, moments where you could tell that the management was trying to, uh, you know, prop her up into certain positions and stuff like that. Um, she also had a real innovative offense. You know, I mean, there's I can't say there was another woman on the roster that can do all the things she does as far as like evasions and, you know, being able to climb up the, the ring post with her bare hands and stuff, you know what I mean? So she, she had a lot of promise, but uh, I guess apparently she suffered uh, a back injury that is, I, I believe threatening her career um, for my understanding. And there's no uh, real, you know, talk of, or confirmation of the severity of the injury, but obviously if it's uh, that severe where she feels like she needs to uh, walk away from the ring, then it's pretty serious. So, um, again, uh, my heart goes out to uh, Casey. Uh, I mean, it sucks because she really didn't get too far. You know, she was, you know, just starting to get her feet wet with everything and, and you know, again, showing different spurts of uh, what she's able to do and her capabilities inside the ring. So it was definitely heartbreaking to hear that. Um, again, wish nothing but the best for her. And hopefully, I mean, I don't know if maybe she just needs to take some time off. Um, you know, maybe there's something that could be fixed uh, through some type of procedure. Uh, but then, you know, who knows? You know, I'm not here to, to act like I know the medical field and how things work or or even try to dissect people's priorities and what they want to do. But, uh, you know, one could only hope as a fan that maybe she could find a way to get back uh, into the wrestling uh, system. But, um, you know, if not, you know, no love, no love loss at all. Uh, shout out to Casey Catazzaro. Wishing you the best, girl. Um, moving on again. Uh, I mean, I do have some other stuff, but. Let me let me get into. I mean, we're in the same vein again. Uh, injuries, man. Um, you know, we just talked about Casey's uh, back injury uh, on this weekend. Uh, you know, there was a lot of wrestling again. You know, we had All Out in Chicago, NXT uh, UK Cardiff and Cardiff Wells, and then we also had New Japan uh, hosting the Royal Quest in the UK as well. Uh, during that tour, we had uh, for New Japan. It was uh, Kenta, a uh, new Bullet Club member, taking on uh, Tomohiro uh, Ishii who is the current, um, or was the current uh, Neverweight Open uh, champion. Kenta beat him for that championship, but for those that may have, uh, again, not, you know, may not have as much access to New Japan footage and stuff like that, there's been uh, footage going around uh, all this week where Kenta was legitimately uh, concussed during his match. Now, a lot of people have been, uh, you know, trying to hold New Japan under fire um, because, 
you can clearly see there's something wrong. You can clearly see that uh, he is out of it, um, and you got to sit there and wonder, like, was it smart? I mean, I, I realize they probably booked this to be a championship uh, change, you know, a title, a title change. Um, so maybe that's why they felt so, you know, uh, obliged to want to finish the match. But I mean, what what is, what is the protocol? I'm trying to figure out what the protocol is because you know. Though you could super tell because Ishii, who's normally, uh, I don't want to say always stiff and snug, but that's just part of his character, uh, you know, he's noticeably drawing back and pulling back his headbutts and obviously hitting his own hand uh, when he's throwing these headbutts. So you know something's up. There was even a spot where uh, Kenta was trying to pick up Ishii for, you know, the tease, the GTS, you know, with the fireman's carry, uh, to which Ishii countered. And, I mean, that may have been always the plan for him to counter the, the attempt, but it didn't, you know what I mean? It didn't pull off that that effect at all. You could tell he was having difficulty lifting him. There was a spot initially when he was supposed to come off, uh, you know, the ropes with a snap soup uh, power slam uh, on Ishii, uh, and Kenta couldn't even lift him. He almost collapsed. Um, and there was even another spot where Ishii, you know, went to go pick up uh, Kenta for a brain buster, which that's a double cooperation move. You're lifting your opponent in the air, and the opponent has to be able to balance their, their uh, body vertically and uh, be able to distribute that weight perfectly so he can make the move look good. But he just crumbled. Like, I mean, he couldn't even hold himself, you know. And, yeah, we have a new Neverweight Open Championship, but, or champion, uh, rather. But, you know, I, I, again, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, point the finger and shoot uh, shoot the blame game uh, gun at, at New Japan officials. But you got, I mean, it was it started getting really uncomfortable watching it. You know what I mean? It really did. Um it, it was just, yeah, it was, you know, it was one of those things where uh, you don't want anything to stop the momentum of someone like Kenta, especially he's found, he, he refound himself, he's fucking Kenta, and, you know, new champ, uh, new Bullet Club member, and then just to have something like this, you know, pop up, and it's crazy. I mean, and, and it's hard to not make the comparisons to, you know, Shibata, who, you know, essentially helped bring him back, you know, as far as, like, introducing him back to New Japan, and, you know, Shibata obviously had the, the, the hematoma that he suffered with the stiff-ass headbutts and just everything, you know what I mean, in, in his last match. So, it's, I don't know, it was definitely concerning, um, you know, although congratulations, quote-unquote, to Kenta. I mean, I really hope, uh, you know, everything's good. He went to go see, uh, you know, went to a hospital or, quote-unquote, local medical facility, as they say, in kayfabe. And I uh, got that definitely checked out, man. But, um. I did bring up NXT UK Cardiff. Look, I'm going to be real. I only caught two matches because those are the only two matches I was really interested in. You guys can, you know, shame me online. That's totally fine. I have to be honest. There's just too much wrestling to try to indulge on the network on a weekly basis. Uh, I mean, I realize Raw and SmackDown are on live TV, but even then, I had to DVR that because I'm either at work or I'm uh, working on the podcast or working on content, and then I'll go and watch it so I know that I'm, you know, I get educated to figure out what I'm going to be talking about on the show. But then there's NXT, and then there's, you know, uh, NXT UK, and then there's 205 Live, and it's just, it gets to be a lot. But I did check out the main event, and god damn. Oh. Man, <laughs> Walter or Walter, whatever you want to uh, call him, the current NXT UK champion uh, defended against, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what they kept calling him. I think it was like a uh, big, strong bloke, <laughs> uh, Tyler Bate. And dude, I mean, look, 
I saw the match between Walter and Pete Dunne, and that was ridiculous. You know what I mean? It was long but brutal. You know what I mean? It was ridiculous. And every move counted. Everything hurt. You were feeling the pain along with Pete Dunne. Uh, you were praying for Pete Dunne and, and, and uh, having, you know, putting so much faith into him to overcome everything. And, you know, I won't say that the match with Tyler Bay was the same because, you know, Probably in uh, in comparison to some of the offense being laid in, yeah, I could see that. But I mean, Walter is—I mean, that's that he's going to wrestle his style, you know. But Tyler Bate, for sure, dude. These guys wrestled for like damn near forty-five minutes. Like when the entrances started, I looked at the remaining time on on uh, you know what I mean the uh, the timer or the the player that I was playing the 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 uh, NXT UK off of, and it said there was like fifty-five minutes left. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, these guys have damn near a whole hour? Of course, pending, you know, after the entrances and introductions are over and, you know, cutting off right after the the one, two, three, and, you know, obviously the celebration before they go off air. Uh, you know what I mean? They show the Watermark logo and all that stuff. It was about 45 minutes, man. And, dude, Tyler took a crazy, insane amount of punishment, but he also showed out and, and you know, that Tiger Mom on Walter was incredible. The, uh, uh, oh man, I can't remember the name of the move. The, uh, the reverse Death Valley Driver. Uh, that was ridiculous. I'm, I mean, for, to, for Tyler to get somebody the size of Walter into a freaking inverted, you know, Death Valley Driver was insane. Uh, Burning Hammer. There we go. It was a Burning Hammer. Uh, I mean, he got him in the airplane spin quite a bit. Just the combos they were able to put up. Tyler was looking so great in this match, man. And, and you know it's it's a, a a a huge leap from when you, when he first stepped foot in WWE and NXT programming when they were just flexing on the fact that he was 18 and 21 or what I forgot which he was super young he was, he had he had room to grow right but you know fast forward to now and you know again he you know he had the story of Walter taking out Pete Dunne had the the story of Walter taking out Trent Seven and and you know everything that that uh. Tyler was just fighting for it, everything he represented as far as the brand, and he felt that he and his comrades, uh, you know, his strong style, or British strong style brethren helped build into, you know, as far as what NXT UK is today, and again, I mean, that match was incredible, um, I, I mean, I would have loved to see uh, Tyler Bay would have, you know, won, but I'm not mad, I mean, Walter kicked his ass, man, Walter kicked this man's ass, but I, I have to say that Walter can walk away knowing that he got his ass kicked as well, you know what I mean, and how many people can walk away saying that they kicked Walter's ass. They didn't take home the win, but they kicked his ass. You know what I mean? Which, you know, hey, fights happen all the time. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean you're not going to get your licks in or get licked. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but yeah, hats off to uh, those gentlemen, Walter and Tyler Bateman. Again, like a 45-minute Broadway, man. It was definitely, definitely ridiculous. Um, yeah, I only got one last thing to announce uh, before we take a quick break here and then uh, do a little quick breakdown as well when we come back of uh, Raw and SmackDown and NXT for this week is uh, by the time this comes out, so uh, today, because well, you're going to listen to it on Friday, um, tickets for the next AEW uh, pay-per-view are going to go on sale, man. Uh, it is titled Full Gear and... As per the uh, AEW uh, Instagram account, they have announced that John Moxley will, in fact, be there. And not only that, he will, in fact, be facing off with Kenny Omega, finally. So, I mean, obviously, for those that know, they know uh, John Moxley, unfortunately, not able to make the All Out show due to a return bout with MRSA or a staph infection back in that elbow, for those that may not know. Um, I mean, the fact that they're, uh, you know, 
introducing this match so early. Uh, you know, and, and the the show takes place, I believe, November eighth uh, or ninth. I gotta double check that. Dad, I think it's ninth. It may be November ninth. Um, but you know, two months from now. So hopefully by then, uh, Moxley will be in fact one hundred percent recovered. I'm definitely looking forward to that match because a lot of people were looking forward to that match this time out. So, again, tickets going on sale, Ticketmaster.com. Do not get paid to say that, but just wanted to, you know, throw you guys a bone and give you guys a heads up uh, in case you guys are interested in trying to uh, fly out and uh, support the AEW brand. But, um, yeah, man, uh, again, we're going to come back, take a little break, and then uh, we're going to talk about NXT, SmackDown, and Raw. Peace. Hey, what's going on, you guys? It's Quincy Jones Go from the Quincy Jones Show podcast. And I just want to take a little bit of time out to shine some light on you guys. That's right, the fans, the listeners. The reason why we not only keep this show going on a weekly basis, but we try to keep it as entertaining as we can on a weekly basis. So, again, wanted to reach out with a huge thank you from the KJS crew. Let you guys know that we not only appreciate your feedback, but we also appreciate the lovely support you've had for us the last couple of years. You've been rocking with us for a while, and I definitely want to extend the opportunity for you guys to give us your honest feedback. All you got to do is hit us up at the Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. Maybe you have a suggestion for the show, a new segment maybe. Maybe you like the way we uh, delivered something. Maybe you thought we could address something a little bit better. Definitely hit us up, the Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. Again, if you maybe you have a, a suggestion for a superstar we can get over for the How to Get Over segment. Or if you're a guest that is giving back to the wrestling culture right now would like to be on the show, hit us up, the Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. Furthermore, if you're an uh, up-and-coming wrestler, maybe a, a, a former wrestler who's just been released, maybe you're an up-and-coming uh, a wrestling promotion opening up and you need us to come and commentate, you know we got that dope-ass commentary. Again, hit us up. The Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. And I want to also urge you guys to not only uh, share and like and everything on SoundCloud and CastBox, but don't forget to review us on iTunes and don't forget to recommend us to your friends on Facebook. Again, appreciative of all the feedback and support. You have any questions, hit us up. The Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. Go. Welcome to the Quincy Jones Show, featuring the best damn commentary team on the planet. Quincy Jones and Doc Lesnar. Is he the third man? He's the third man. What the hell is going on here? What's going on, you guys? We are back, and uh, yeah, man. Again, like I said, quite a, a little bit of wrestling going on this weekend, and obviously this week as we uh, get back into Raw, SmackDown, and NXT programming, and um. It's hard not to watch this stuff, especially knowing that the countdown is uh, in effect uh, as far as, uh, you know, the move to Fox for SmackDown and then the move to USA for uh, NXT. So, um, you know, me mainly, I'm watching NXT because I, you know, as reported, I believe two episodes ago, we had a few spoilers uh, that have already been pre-taped. So I'm wondering when, at what, you know, which point do they stop or, uh, do, you know, do they play the last taping and then it's all live from there. So I'm interested to see, uh, you know, where we go. Uh, from the tapings to live TV as it pertains to active storylines or ongoing storylines uh, right now. So I do know there's probably another taping for next week as I do know there's something to do with uh, Johnny Gargano and I believe Shane Thorne. Um, and, and again, this is this is like a couple weeks old. So I, I'm, I mean, uh, I'm trying my best not to spoil anything. You guys could check it out for yourself. So I, I just say that to say I know that there's probably still... Uh, running off a few of these taped episodes before they actually start uh, transitioning into how they're going to start filling up the two-hour slot 
uh, on a weekly uh, and on a major, uh, t- you know, television broadcast. So, but let's get into raw, man. Um, and again, you know, I'm only taking away things that I would, I think, are worth talking about. Uh, let's, let's, first of all, let's talk about this mess that's going on with the King of the Ring. Um, I don't know, man. There was a lot of promise on both sides. And I, and I say that to not take anything, absolutely zero, away from any of the competitors involved. It's just weird because right when you think they're going to go one way with it as far as the story they're going to tell, then they just throw, like, a random wrench into everything, man. Um, a lot of people wanted to see either Ricochet make it to the finals to go against Corbin. A lot of people were thinking Samoa Joe was going to be able to make it to the uh the final finals and uh, possibly take on someone the likes of Ali, getting someone like Ali over. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I I don't know. This is so weird. This is so weird. And I don't know if this is supposed to be, like, a nod to, like, the NFL or the XFL that's obviously, like, going to be coming within the next couple of weeks or months. Um, but they had this weird situation where John Cone, uh, senior referee, counted both, uh, you know, Samoa Joe and Ricochet's uh, shoulders on the mat at the same time. Okay, I can get with that. I mean, the referee got to do what he got to do. But then you go and you're asking for a headset, and it, it's just weird because so many, it's just years and years of, of storylines uh, have told us that, quote-unquote, a referee's call is the final call. Despite, even if they see some discrepancies that happen post-match, they can't really do anything. The referee's call is the final call that's what they say right then why do they have john cone freaking asking for a headset and talking to who i mean i don't know the, the anonymous gm i don't know who he's, this guy's talking he's talking to somebody and you know eventually saying that both men had their shoulders counted to the mat again that's fine i mean because that's what really happened but it's this the whole thing of they're making a, a, a bigger situation out of it than it needs to be they, they have him you know looking for a headset trying to talk to somebody in the back I mean, again, it just reminded you of when someone challenges a call on the field in the NFL, you know what I mean? And, you know, later we got information from John Cone from the back that it was, you know, both men are still going to be competing, uh, Samoa Joe and Ricochet, except it'll now be a triple threat match uh, with Samoa Joe, uh, Ricochet, and Baron Corbin uh, to determine who will get the, uh, the, the final spot on the Raw side uh, for the King of the Ring. And I'm just like, Why? It, it could have just, I mean, look, if, if, if Baron Corbin was going to be the, the guy in the semis, it makes way more sense to have Ricochet. Obviously, babyface against this guy that people boo on the daily but secretly want to win, and they love to hate. Um, I don't know. And then, I mean, at the same time, it's hard for me because I'm like, big-time Samoa Joe fan. This is something that he needs. You know what I mean? I, I, I would like to see this um, and see how you would handle someone like Baron Corbin. But then... Again, it doesn't make sense because it would be two heels going against each other for that spot. And, and I get it. So, I don't know, man. It's just really weird uh, why they decided to prolong this uh, you know, this side of the bracket for another week just so we can figure it out. But I don't know, man. Just really weird. Just really, really weird booking. And, I, again, I mean, I could be just talking about something prematurely, which is probably most of the time. But uh, I don't know. Like I said, I've been seeing that they've been trying to put a little bit more focus on the uh least like uh, likely choices for this uh you know as winners for this event um you know that being on the other side chad gable and i you know i'll talk about that when i get into smackdown but just saying i mean there's some stuff that's 
brewing that's a little bit uh, on the weird side. When it, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to diminish the uh, King of the Ring tournament or uh, you know the fact that it came back because I'm a big fan of the King of the Ring. I just wish it would stand for what it used to stand for, which was you know forget the scepter and for you know just give me the crown and give me my title shot. Uh, I mean that's just you know history shows that that's the most effective, especially like you know the last couple times they've done it, they've kind of messed it up. You know what I mean? They they've focused more on the guy wearing the uh, the outfit to the ring on a consistent basis rather than, you know, actually do something with that push. Uh, it's, I mean, to me, like, to walk around, King of the Ring is, uh, the tournament to me means a big deal, but to just, as a winner, walk around with just that outfit, it's like, to me, no more important than walking around with that, uh, I don't want to say the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal Trophy, but definitely like that Greatest Royal Rumble Championship belt that we never see Braun Strowman with ever. Um, so I don't know, man. It's just, just weirdness. But um, getting into more raw business, uh, Bailey turns heel? Question mark. Uh, look, I'm all for this. Um, I actually was hoping that this was going to happen when I was watching it. Um, I understand that she is using the crutch of, oh, she's my best friend. I'll do anything for my best friend. So it leads me to believe that. There's room later down the line for an obvious feud between the two following uh, an obvious betrayal um, where it looks like Sacha is just pulling the strings uh, over Bailey. You know, patting her on the back, letting her know, yeah, you're the SmackDown Women's Champion. You deserve more respect. You need to out- come out here and take this respect. Um, you know what I mean? I mean, at the same time, I wouldn't mind if they wanted to move Sasha to SmackDown, even though there's no brand exclusivity anymore. But because she has blue hair, so it kind of makes sense. And we've been seeing Bayley more and more on Raw as a SmackDown Women's Champion. So, I don't know. Again, they got me going wacky with these uh, the draft and the, the brand split and the freaking wild card shit. And, I mean, I don't, who knows? I mean, rumor is they're going to have a quote-unquote hard draft there won't be any, uh, you know, jumping back and forth between shows uh, coming for Raw and SmackDown, I believe, in either September or October. But, uh, you know, again, we've heard this all before, so we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see uh, if they're going to come through and, and how uh, how much they're going to police that that policy. You know what I mean? Because last, you know, we had Vince, eventually, you know, initially on a whim, like, hey, let's do the wild card rule. And then it's like he's not even... He, you know what I mean? He's not even following the rule. Like, he's not even doing a good job of making sure that it's only this many people on each show. And then now it just kind of disappeared, man. So, uh, I don't know, man. Who knows? But, yeah, but Bailey. Um, I'm hoping that they follow up with this. Obviously, on SmackDown, a lot of people were getting pissed because they're expecting all of a sudden to, you know, her to have her hair turn black and have black you know, all black uh, outfit or even make her hair blue to match with Sasha, but with a new dark uh, theme song. And it's like, bro, like, I feel you, but you don't get tired of that. Every time someone wants to turn a heel, it's just, oh, man, I grew a beard and my hair slicked back or I grew a beard and now I'm wearing all black. And I get it. I get it. I get the aesthetic. But I'm just saying we've seen it all before. Um, so, I mean, and you, you got to take a look at a guy like Sami Zayn, who's obviously heel, but he hasn't changed his music. He hasn't changed his, uh, his gear. He's just being super duper over the top of obnoxious. And what, to me, it's awesome. So, I mean, maybe it's just different strokes for different folks. And, you know, the way they're going to present Bailey is a little bit different, but it poses the question, is she a heel? 
And is this heel champion, quote unquote, going to be defending against another heel in Charlotte at Class of Champions? So if it was up to me, seeing as we got all four uh, horsewomen involved in championship matches, I would make it a fatal four-way winner uh, Winner takes all. I, I truly would. Uh, Becky, Sasha, Bailey, Charlotte, why not? I mean, it, it's it's there. All the pieces are there. We just got to put them together, friend. You know what I mean? You want, you want to help me put, the, put together this puzzle, friend? Let's do it. Let's, let's, let's go. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's just the, the, the week for uh, turns and betrayals or what have you. But, uh, you know, over to the SmackDown side, we have Eric Rowan uh, seemingly coming out into his own. And it looks like he is leaving Daniel Bryan behind um, in this uh, effort. Uh but again, I'm speaking prematurely. It could be all a ruse. It could be all set up. You know, you're thinking about the uh, the Daniel Bryan that was in a hyperbolic chamber. Uh, so you never know. It could be the smartest guy in the room. It usually is. It usually has a plan against the big dog. Who knows? But then, not to mention, you got Eric Rowan, who's uh, on an on-screen genius, as he's uh, in the past been known to dabble with a Rubik's cube. So don't ask, underestimate his uh, his prowess as well. Um, but yeah, we had, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan trying to get the apology from Roman Reigns. Eric Rowan makes his presence felt uh, and not only throws around uh, Daniel Bryan, but he also is, uh, you know, making an impression on Roman Reigns not to take him light. I mean, they have an upcoming match at Clash of Champions, which is weird because uh, neither man are champion. So it kind of makes it a little bit pointless and they should have done it at SummerSlam. But who knows? Maybe Roman was hurt or something was up because it was weird having Roman not on SummerSlam. Uh, it, it just seemed really weird, uh, the circumstances, right? So, but yeah, does Eric Rowan go go at it alone from here? Are they gonna put him back with Luke Harper as they usually do, or is this again all a ruse to, you know, get the upper hand on Roman Reigns and he's still in cahoots with Daniel Bryan? You know who knows? But um, the other thing I don't know is where exactly. WWE is going with Chad Gable. Now, I talked about it a little bit earlier, touched on it. I, I don't, again, I don't know what they're doing. Um, just in the tournament, just overall, they had a, a chance to do something good with Andrade, and for whatever reason, they had him get beaten by Chad Gable. I'm not hating on Chad Gable, all right, but what has he done lately? What has he done lately to make me want to believe in him as uh, someone that they want to push, someone they want to put into a prime position right now? Last I saw, he was sitting up there taking notes every time he saw Apollo Crews, like, you know, on some creeper status in the back. And then he cut his hair, went to 205 Live for a little bit, was doing some wrestling. Now he's back on SmackDown in the King of the Ring tournament. So I'm like, well, where is he at? What's going on? You know what I mean? But then again... You got guys like Oni Lorcan, that's in 205, and he's also been going back and forth between uh, NXT and NXT UK. So I, I get it. You know what I mean? Again, that brand ex- exclusivity is out the window. But again, what, have you, what has he done? I mean, I, the fact that he was named as one of the uh, uh, participants kind of blew my mind, but I've, I was thinking maybe they're trying to give him that old school Kurt Angle push, right? You know what I mean? But who, I don't know, man. Like they, He hasn't won with a finish. He, uh, he keeps winning with, with uh, roll-ups. And then the thing that's, like, not sitting well with me is, like, you know, the catalyst for him being this underdog is these short jokes, right? Uh, there's been the rumor about the, the trademark. I think it was, like, Shorty shorty C or Shorty 
G or something like that. Uh, G possibly for Gable. Um, I, look, dude, like if you guys are going to do that and then make him a King of the Ring, uh, you know, finalist, that's trash. Straight up. Because, I mean, look, I, I if, if this was like some storyline week to week type stuff between him and Shelton Benjamin, okay, yeah, maybe I'll possibly get into that because, you know, we, you know, we've all seen it, whether in movies, pop culture, in real life, you know, the, the, the shorter guy getting bullied by the bigger guy until the bigger guy gets his comeuppance. We've seen it before. David versus Goliath millions of times, right? So I get it. But I don't necessarily think that's the story that needs to be told uh, for the King of the Ring tournament. I mean, I mean, please don't tell me that you guys are going to have him go over Elias uh, in the finals because, again, he should have never even of, of beaten Almas. I mean, Almas should have been for sure one of the finalists. It could have been uh, Ali versus Almas. Um, if they, I don't know, man. It, 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 there's a few different ways it could have gone with this. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Ricochet versus Almas, you know, SmackDown versus uh, Raw in the final, you know, as, as far as, like, you know, the, the respective uh, finalists for each brand. I mean, I don't know, man. It's, it's just weird. It's really weird, but, again, I don't know why they're putting this stock into uh, Chad Gable currently at the moment. Again, not taking anything away from his physical, uh, you know, his, his entering ability, but I don't know. I think he's just always better with someone by him, whether it's Jason Jordan, whether it's Shelton Benjamin. Uh, obviously not in this case, but um, he, I don't know. I can't, I can't. And then what kills me every time, is every time someone takes a shit in his cornflakes, he makes it super duper obvious with the facial expressions. It's like, bruh, you a man, bro. Not only that, you're a former Olympian, right? Like, what What do you, like, <laughs> how you letting this, this dude, you know what I mean, That or people that, that have less accolades in life than you, like, basically call you, uh, you know, cut you down and, and, and tell you about yourself. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's cool, but, you know, even though I was this short, I was able you know, to wrestle and represent my, my, my country and yada, yada. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't get it. I don't get why they're going to diminish his accolades and his uh, actual legit uh, sports background just so they can call him short. And it, and it smells like fucking Vince McMahon all over it. You know what I mean? That's good shit. Call him short, yeah. Yeah, the guy that short, he probably doesn't eat meat. What kind of weirdo doesn't eat meat? You know, I don't know, man. It's, uh, I don't know. I'm hoping... Hoping less and less and less uh, we're going to get, you know, not so much Vince and his influence on the product coming when uh, Fox is uh, taking the helm of SmackDown as well as uh, NXT on USA. Speaking of NXT, we had uh, quite an episode of NXT this week as well. Um, We had Velveteen Dream uh, against Kona Reeves. And look, dude, we've had a lot to say about Kona Reeves, but... It also is indicative of the fact that what he was doing was on the right track because if we're not talking about him or if we're not even mentioning him, then he's not even on our radar, right? But the fact that he would do certain things that would either piss us off or just promote a certain um, response from us, that's good. A lot of people can't even get that reaction. You know, we make fun of Kona Reeves a lot, but what the hell, man? I don't know what, like... Did they just tell this kid to go, hey, go look at uh, what everyone else is doing and then go do that? He wets his hair. He got the Joey Janela style glasses on now. He, he's wearing a, a, a hoodie. I mean, and then he got long. T- I mean, like everything that I loved to hate about Kona Reeves I is gone now. You know, the, the flowing uh, blonde hair. The uh, I mean, he has incredible height, uh, you know tattoos, tanned. I love the old school look he had, you know, whether you want to call it the Ric Flair look or what. 
I mean, that, I mean, I don't understand why that look couldn't coexist with something like Velveteen Dream. And to be honest, I was looking to see how this was going to, you know, when I saw the match announced last week, I was interested because I wanted to see how this was going to go. Similar builds, similar heights. Um, Kona Reeves has been scratching and clawing to make some sort of impression. Not to say that he's going to make it at the expense of the Dream. No, 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 no. We are pro VD over here. But uh, I did think he was going to get, you know, a pretty good look. But that was not the case, man. Um, Dream kind of ran over him man and i mean and, not, and that's not my uh my complaint here is again it's just the drastic change in appearance for kona reeves it's like bro you're not gonna go anywhere like you know what i mean like if this is me and i'm picking who's gonna be featured on the show and, and you know i haven't seen you in so long and you come back and you look like that as a fan i'm like dude i don't want to see that I, I i mean take me back to to the old school uh kona reeves you know or the old school look uh the old school aesthetic of kona reeves you know what i mean it Definitely brought everything together. So, I don't know. It was just, again, everything that I love to hate about Conor Reeves is now gone. So, I don't even really know uh, where that leaves him in my book. Um, but Velveteen Dream looking strong. Uh, we did also get the post-match segment where you got Roddy Strong probably uh, cutting one of the more stronger uh, promos of his career in NXT. No pun intended. Uh, and he's, you know, essentially challenging the Dream for the one-on-one experience against Rod- Roddy Strong. And he just burned up his couch. And, you know, we spoke on this, uh, you know, again, two weeks ago when we had a little bit of spoilers on the show. Uh, you know, I wasn't sure how the production was on this or how it was going to look. Uh, but I was excited because, again, you know, NXT has been usually uh, making a lot of marks and um, a lot of uh, connections with the crowd by doing things that WWE hasn't done in a while. Or just doing them right, doing them better, uh, doing them with less politics and less fluff. Or, uh, you know what I mean, they, they, they just kind of, they just, it's just straight, straight to the point, you know what I mean? Um, they usually do have a trick up, up their sleeve, but they don't overdo it, you know what I mean? And they don't overdo it consistently like, like WWE does. They muddy up stuff by, oh, it worked one time, let's do it again. Okay, one time, twice, okay, twice, that's it. And then you guys will do it four more times, and then we're sick of it already, you know? Um, so, yeah, I was interested to see how the uh, the use of fire was going to come into play. Uh, when it came to the this this uh, rivalry, I definitely want to see Roddy pick up that uh, North American Championship finally from the Dream to fulfill the golden prophecy of Adam Cole, baby. Um, you know, have them all dripping in gold, man. But uh, we also did get a uh, hell of a uh, main event, 15-minute uh, championship match, Adam Cole, baby, as we uh, were just speaking his name into existence, uh, taking on the uh, breakout tournament winner, uh, Jordan Miles. Um, and they had a pretty decent match, man. Um, I'm pretty sure these guys have fought before in a, in a Ring of Honor, as uh, both men are pretty familiar with each other. Uh, one thing that was weird to me is listening to the commentators talk about ACH's or Jordan Miles' quote-unquote young career here in NXT, end quote. Now, I mean, if they're saying that because he's, like, new to the roster, I get that. But, you know, to insinuate that he's a young kid or that he's, like, this up-and-comer is ridiculous because even in, later in the match – they also uh, brought up the fact that he was a 13-year veteran in the ring. So, I, I don't know. It's just weird. Sometimes the way that they uh, word stuff is just, okay, but people know who he is outside of Jordan Miles. You know what I mean? And if that wasn't the case, then people wouldn't be cheering for him when he comes out. I mean, if, if this guy was a a WWE product, uh, you know, one of their, like, man-made uh, wrestlers, then he'd still have work to do. But, you know, most of their NXT roster, they get the, re- uh, the, the reception and reaction they get is because they're known – from other places, from other fans, you know? So, 
Um, but th- again, you know, this match was great. Um, lots of back and forth. Uh, lots of great action. Uh, Adam Cole wins, lands two uh, super kicks, one to the front, one to the back of the head, followed by a last shot to the back of the head as well. One, two, three. Um, where Adam Cole goes from here, I'm interested. Um, I'm hoping that we're waiting out for the return of uh, Tommaso Ciampa because, I don't know, man, I, uh, I don't necessarily want to see him and Gargano again. Um, I know Gargano is going to be making some sort of announcement regarding his feature uh, next Wednesday, and if that's to, you know, to announce that he's staying – I don't know what else he's going to do. Um, you know, Johnny Gargano, obviously, Triple Crown champion, same as uh, Adam Cole. Not a whole lot for him to uh, finish up or to, um, you know, uh, accomplish left in uh, NXT as a whole. I mean, unless he just wants to, uh, you know, be there to help represent the brand, be a top babyface. And what what hell of a top babyface you, you could have uh, once, you know, NXT makes the move to USA, man. So uh, we'll have to wait again, wait and see for that, the developments on that as well. Um we did have a uh, actually a pretty good match with Bianca Belair versus uh, Taya uh, Conti, I believe his name her name is uh, Taya Tanara. I'm sorry, Tanara Conti. Excuse me. Uh, they had a really good match. Um, I've you know I've watched uh, Tanara a, a few times. I know she used to come out with the uh, the uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu gi um, as part of her entrance and stuff like that. Seen her on, on quite a few different um, episodes of NXT as well as her spells in the uh, May Young Classic. Um, had that segment one time where she was with the Undisputed Era. But, you know, I was wondering what they were going to do with her. Um, but she looked really impressive against uh, Bianca Belair. But, of course, Bianca Belair had to look even more impressive as she is the EST of NXT. And, honestly, it's been a while since we've seen Bianca Belair. So it was good to see her back. Good to see her in a, a great, uh, you know, competitive match. Um, and, yeah, against someone like uh, Tanara Conti, who, you know, she also helped make look good as well and legitimate as well, man, because... I don't know, man. They got to tighten it up with, with, like, the Vanessa Bournes and the Aaliyahs of the roster. I don't know what's going on with them. But, yeah, Tanara was looking really good. Uh, Bianca, unfortunately, was even better that night. And uh, Bianca walks away with the win, man. But, um, you know, uh, another point that I have to make, um, and this is actually uh, on SmackDown. And (laughs) I call this petty business. uh, But, you know, they're in a war, quote-unquote. But... If you guys caught it, you caught it. If not, you guys can catch it on my social media. That is the Quincy Jones Show everywhere. But um, there was a phrase that they had Corey Graves say on SmackDown during the melee that is the 24-7 championship uh, title defense and retaining and defense and retaining, all that stuff. You know, we had, uh, you know, Bo Dallas had essentially won the 24-7 championship, and then he got chased out, uh, you know, out to the ring. You had, uh, I was going to call him Michael McGillicuddy. Oh, man, you had Curtis Axel uh, trying to help his friend and keep the belt, uh, was unable to be uh, successful in that regard. Uh, And then we got uh, Maverick, uh, who won the belt back again. And as he's about to try to leave the ring, you know, he's getting surrounded by the B team and he outsmarts them, was able to escape the ring. But during that melee, when he is, uh, you know, trying to uh, outrun and outgun the B team so he can, you know, haul ass and get out of there with the the 24-7 championship, you hear Corey Graves say, um, I think he's going to grab his wife, get into a limousine, and head up to a chain restaurant. Really? 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 <laughs> Come on, man. And, and, and the thing is, we've heard before that Corey Graves has some sort of a, 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 a looser leash when it comes to trust in him doing his thing on commentary uh, than others. So who knows if this is his call 
or something that was fed to him. But it was an obvious shot at the Jericho incident with the AEW championship uh, being stolen and stuff like that in a limousine at a chain restaurant at Longhorns, obviously. Why they feel the need to go this this uh, petty, I have no idea, man. Because it's like these guys aren't even on TV yet. They will be. But, you know, again, they're, to me, it's real indicative of the fact that they really do see them as not light work, but actual uh, competition, man. And, I mean, as much as they want to – uh, try to fight that fact or, you know, brush it off or dismiss it. I mean, look at all the moves they're making, dude. They, they move NXT to, to Wednesdays. Um, it, it, the essential uh, 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 developmental territory. You guys, we, we've gotten so many arguments over the years, whether it's, oh, it's just developmental, it doesn't mean shit. Well, developmental got a TV deal, motherfucker, so what's up? <laughs> look who grew up and came back to town. All big and bad. NXT, man. And, I mean, the thing is, I have to agree that NXT was probably their strongest brand right now that would be the likely contender for something like AEW. And that's even hard for me to even say and equate because of the fact that we don't even know what an AEW TV weekly produced program looks like yet. We've only seen the shows. We've only seen the, uh, like, you know, the, the free shows like Fight for the Fallen and Fighter Fest. So we don't know what a weekly episodic version of AEW is yet. So that's why it's, you know, but, you know, NXT, that's... You know what I mean? Your work's cut out for you, 100%. You know what I mean? So, um, but again, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand the logic why they have to go and like just like right when you want WWE to stop being like you know, oh you, you know what I mean? It's just it's so WWE to want to take those little pot shots. You know what I mean? So, but I feel like those pot shots are are like the catalyst for, I mean, I'm not looking. You know, I'm not saying that they're going to be right out of business or anything like that. But I will say that they will be pleasantly surprised uh, with the efforts of Tony Khan and All Elite Wrestling and everyone involved because I don't think they really understand what they're dealing with as far as uh, the power that they're going to, going to be going up against. Because, you know, Jericho just said it in, in his podcast uh, earlier this week when he had Brandy Rhodes on that, you know, there's so many companies that are supposed to start up and they never do. And, you know, you never hear about it again. And, you know, it, it's he's he attributed to being a money issue. A lot of people want to start a, a brand new company, but it costs a lot of money, a lot of financial backing to build a new company from out of thin air. You know what I mean? And just so happens, the cons have it in spades, you know? So I think it's a little bit different. This is, I mean, I don't, I hope that they're not, and this is no shade to Impact Wrestling or, uh, you know, the former TNA, but I think that they think this is just another TNA type of situation when, you know, these guys are selling out, you know, their, their, their uh, TV tapings without, again, without us even knowing what a TV taping is supposed to be looking like, without us even having any general idea of the aesthetic, the set, uh, uh, the, the format. We don't know anything about this TV show, but, you know, myself included, as I'll be in D.C. for October 2nd, like all four or five of their next shows after D.C. have been already sold out legit, you know? So, I don't know. Again, interesting. We'll, we'll see, you know, obviously what we're all going to be tuning in to see how this goes but um yeah i just thought it was kind of a a weird little uh petty shot that wwe had to you know they felt like they they had to pretty much embarrassed or try to you know throw a little zinger at aw and uh i mean who knows we don't even know if anybody on that side even picked up on it you know what i mean but i did and again if you missed it you can find it on the social media but uh yeah that's gonna be the end of the show man um thanks for listening episode 67 and thank you guys for joining me on my journey while i was uh making my way to chicago for all out 
uh, was trying to document it as much as I could. I still have other footage I'm going to put together of my time at StarCast, but if you guys get a chance to take a look, uh, it's on the uh, Instagram as well as the Facebook backslash the Quincy Jones Show and at the Quincy Jones Show. It's uh, my highlights fall in. Um, shout out to uh, Justin, man. It was a pleasure uh, meeting you again in person and being able to uh, enjoy the show. Um, hope to see you in the future, man. I know you said you're, you might be coming out here for uh, uh, the SmackDown in L.A. as well as a few other, uh, I think what we were talking Hell in a Cell in uh, Sacramento. Who knows? Well, we, I just know we're going to meet up again, my friend. Always good uh, to meet a good brother, uh, you know, while, while making these trips and stuff like that. So uh, shout out to Justin out there in uh, New York. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, shout out to, uh, again, everyone that's been listening, supporting. Um, I got to make an announcement. We have officially hit 5,000 likes on the Facebook page, and it's all thanks to you guys. You guys share. You guys share with your friends. You guys dig what we're doing. You guys are loving the content, and I love being able to supply it for you guys and interacting with you guys, whether we agree, we disagree. I, I, I dig it, man. You guys send me messages. I, you know, I respond to them. It's just been a real beautiful thing, a real beautiful friendship and relationship and connection with you guys. So I just want to say on behalf of me, myself, and my team and the show, thank you so much. I believe the count is like 5,020-something. But uh, for those that know me know that I've been uh, – it's a secret goal. I've been trying to hit 5,000 since I started the page. Uh, I remember hitting 100 and just freaking out. You know what I mean? I'm like, man, there's 100 people that – that are digging what I'm doing. I don't even know 100 people in my immediate area that I can go and talk wrestling about, you know? So the fact that, you know, geeked off, uh, you know, 100, now we're past 5,000, truly a blessing, man. I, and I thank every every single one of you guys, anyone that listens, anyone that downloads, anyone that's just, you know, again, digging what we're doing, man. Again, my heart goes out to you guys, especially, you know, your support is unmatched, it's unwavering, and, you know, for that, I'm going to continue to do what I do. And uh, we got some big news coming up soon, man. I can't really put too much on it because, you know, my grandma told me don't count your eggs before they hatch. So <laughs> with that said, uh, I, I just know I got some I got some news on the way. But, again, thank you for 5,000. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on social media. That's the Quincy Jones Show on Instagram. That's Quincy Jones Show on Twitter and backslash the Quincy Jones Show on Facebook. Feel free to hit us up if you want to be a guest on the show, if you need some commentary for your show or upcoming promotion. We don't even have to be at a location. You can hit us up, send us the matches, and we'll do the voiceovers right then and there, get it to you in a timely fashion, man. Hit us up, the Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. Make sure you also rate recommend and share whether it's the facebook page the itunes page the spotify page just know you can get your 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 fix for the quincy jones show anywhere that's itunes soundcloud spotify Castbox. and again man don't don't be afraid to uh, tell a friend to tell a friend let them know about us man and I, again i appreciate everyone that already has i uh, hope everybody enjoyed the labor day weekend and uh man until next time top guy out <laughs>